This is a headgum podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. If I were you, if I were you, if I were you, the show starts now. Wow. Old school. Beautiful. Holds up. Holds up. I'll say that. (laughs) That was... It is aged like a fine wine. That was you on the guitar back in may of 2013 that's i think if you handed me the guitar i would not remember the chords that i played I, yeah it was very short and i didn't and there was only two i didn't re, i didn't even realize that i'm the one who said starts now yeah uh i don't I, that was that was all completely improvised the starts now holy shit that changed the course of podcast history you know what the first episode was called our first episode um Starbucks? Yeah, it's the kill yourself at a Starbucks joke. That's from episode one, and that is still with us today. Yeah, so this is episode 400 of our show. Uh, We wanted to do a little walk through memory lane, and what better place to start than at the top? Episode one, Starbucks, a theme song that Jake performed and sang. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, When listening for the theme song, I just let the track play a little more, and Oddly enough, the first minute of our first show, it didn't sound as old as I thought it would. I thought like we'd sound prepubescent for some reason, as if we were like <laughs> thirteen when it happened. Uh, okay, dude, <laughs> what should we do? Press record, man. <laughs> let's let's fucking talk about our moms, dude. <laughs> we're making a fucking podcast, bro. I guess I was thirty instead of thirty-six, so not that different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, kind of and the then same. Some of the jokes uh, we still used today let's play just the first minute of the show just to catch everybody up this is the first minute of the first episode of if i were you may 8th i think 2013 go that was awful that was the first that's the way it's gonna start the first episode ever that was great that was i rehearsed that for a year (laughs) before we even thought of the podcast i was rehearsing that well the name of the show is if i were you and um yeah this is the first episode we're not always gonna have jake do the intro music though we should yeah (laughs) well we just haven't thought of intro music yet and we wanted to get the show on as fast as possible so Uh, yeah for now we're gonna be uh i'll be trying out a different intro song every single week until you guys hate me enough that you can someone can send in a song that we can use instead that's right so this is the first and only advice podcast on the internet from us hosted by us yeah exactly right um i'm amir and i'm jake and we are 
This Amir is- and Jake. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I didn't. I had no idea that I said from us. Yeah, that that's the origin of the of the intro that you make every single time. Right, and I can't tell if I was setting up that joke and then you said it, or if you just came in there and created a joke that we then repeated 400 times i think i would i think you were it was an alley-oop we have the same brain you knew that i was gonna say it yeah i remember being scared because this was the first thing that we did quote out of character yeah that was such a big deal back then i remember you being scared that's i remember that well i was brave i'm like should we do a podcast (laughs) where we're not in character yeah it's it was like a weird little leap, I, but I remember about uh, I remember being nervous that College Humor was going to sue us. That's what I was nervous about. <laughs> well, we're going to do this thing uh, on the side. Yeah, can we do it on the side? I remember like being afraid. Do we ask or do we just tell them? It was a very meticulously crafted email to the CEO at the time, giving him a heads up that we were going to do it. Uh-huh. It was like low-key asking for permission but we never asked for permission we told him we were going to do it ahead of time (laughs) sort of testing the waters basically like this is happening so if you're going to sue us for it tell us before we do it yeah please don't do it and he's just like good have fun or do it or whatever well, you remember, just to back up even a little bit, so like this was 2013, uh, we had been doing Jake and Amir episodes for five years, and do you remember the origin of wanting to even start a podcast? Didn't it just come from our agent? Yes. Yeah, really, it was incredibly uh, prescient, is that the word? <laughs> and smart, and good planning. Truly. He was like, you know, it, you guys do these live shows as Jake and Amir. We did even the live shows we did in character. We never really performed yeah, as we ourselves. Did the live shows fully, fully in character. Yeah, and then he's like, "If you want, you should create uh, a podcast because a lot of my comic uh, talent clients uh, now, instead of coming up with stand up, just do live podcast shows." Uh, You guys can do that, and then you don't have to go out as part of College Humor Live. You could just um, go on the road with your podcast. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, huh, but wait, what? What's What would that? Aren't all podcasts done already? I mean, it's 2013. What's left? Yeah, that was the that was the thing that I remember you and I talking about. Like, if we do a podcast, what would the point? Like, are there too many podcasts out? Yeah, there? there's already Mark Marins and Pete Holmes's, and I think yeah, there's that's three all. <laughs> and then we we couldn't really figure out what to talk about because, like, what are our areas of expertise? It's not like we want to interview comics about their process like we felt like a little outside of that game like yeah we did not because all i think that was the other thing like most of the podcasts we knew in the comedy space were like guest have have a guest and it's an interview and we're like we don't want to book guests or write interview questions that wouldn't be fun yeah also we can't be quote in character for hours at a time where we're just like pretending as though we're these jake and amir people that are having conversations because then it would like step on what College Humor owned as a web series. Was there any other idea besides If I Were You? Uh, I don't know. I bet we were t- we were toying around with a lot of ideas, but I think you came up with either an advice show or a dating advice show before we even uh, started. That's right. I remember that. I remember that G chat. I remember pitching you the name If I Were You. 
Oh, all right. Because like, because in my head, I'm like, it. That's if if you say if I were you, then like it takes away all credibility credibility from your advice because it's just like this is the this is the dumb thing I do. Yeah, and this is it was also when we recorded like the first thirty minute chunk that college humor fans got of us where we were not like being pre scripted silly dumbasses. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, whoa, Amir doesn't actually shove McDonald's down his fucking throat 24-7. This is bizarre. This was the podcast where people found out that I'm the dumb one. (laughs) Yeah, we tried to do a little reversal as much as possible. And then we didn't really need any guests because it was just us two recording. Do you remember where the first episode was recorded? It was your your apartment at 34 Berry. That's right, in Williamsburg, in my kitchen, uh, just like those green and gold microphones oh, into man. a Zoom recorder. That's right. We still record on a Zoom. Some things never change. And then I would edit on Final Cut, which is a video editing software because I didn't know any audio editing software. Do you still don't you still edit on Final, Final Cut or you are have you moved over? Well, I moved over to just another video editing software, Adobe <laughs> Premiere. Oh, that's right. That's right. But it was so hard to make it sound good. Like I would ask Jeff Ruben, who had a podcast, like how he That's did right. it, and he would like use Audacity and like uh, Levelator and all these like new softwares that I had to learn to make it sound normal. But like a lot of the times, it didn't quite at first, especially when we recorded at your apartment, which was incredibly cavernous and echoey. That's right. I remember being like, "Oh yeah, we can do like my place and your place." I was thinking it was going to be so convenient for me; I wasn't going to have to leave. And then it really didn't work. And then we also, we I remember like hanging cushions and towels all around your apartment trying to uh, get it to sound good yeah calling it the towel fort the towel fort that's right the first like six months was just a struggle in audio quality more than anything else like i wasn't even (laughs) concerned with what to say or how to say it It was just like how do i make it not quiet or too loud or too echoey uh first guest do you do you know the first guest was see i thought it was uh ethan trex talking about his experience battling cancer yeah which might be true but like that wasn't like the first full guest episode that was like for one question that was the first foot like phone a friend yeah thing. our first guest was ricky in episode six episode says rvv and we have a our first ever guest today wow very special guest it's ricky van veen hello you know it's funny uh, when I, I first started listening to the show, I, I've listened to all of them, by the way. Thank you. Uh, so we told uh, him to say that. Listener, <laughs> long time listener, first time guest. Uh, long time. This whole this show's been on for three weeks. Yeah. Uh, so I was listening to it, and I was driving in L.A. with Allison, and I turned to her and I was like, "You know what the best part about this podcast is? No guests." <laughs> was it like, uh, "Hey, thanks for not suing us. Um, would you like to be on our show?" Was it like, "Oh, Ricky is the person we go to with advice, maybe a little bit of both?" I, yeah, I do think I think we were that calculating that we were like, "Okay, so the CEO signed off and and the founder of the company was on an episode. <laughs> this is obviously a okay. We're in the clear, and it's only one month deep. This is ironclad. Uh, but we still hadn't done any live shows with it. We spent like months and months just doing episodes. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you remember our first podcast live show? No, I do not. I think I do. Was it in London? I, I think it was at Littlefield in Brooklyn. 110 seats <laughs> sold four no we sold I, well we sold it out but i rem- and we were like super excited um like 
it was one of the it's funny now because like we do bigger venues and nobody gives a shit like uh, of our friends and family but like uh, at at Littlefield, like both of our agents and managers were there we had like all of our friends came out it was like a big deal that we had a podcast (laughs) (laughs) this was 2013 after all and i believe the next day we were traveling to south carolina for a college humor live oh i see so we're still doing a little bit of both yeah and but that was like the beginning of the end because we were like wow yeah and november 10 2013 snail trail live at littlefield that's right i think that was the first ever live show that was a great live I re- show. I remember that question specifically, snail trail. <laughs> Unless she's snail trailing the walls. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. But my question is, should I not tell my girlfriend my discovery? She recently asked if her house smelled like anything, and I said no. Then later made the twisted realization. Thanks, DJ Jazzy Jeff. The twisted realization, of course. Sherlock's deduced that... Sorry, there's nothing else it could be. I think your mom's snail trailing. Yeah, I think she's getting turned on, getting herself wet, and just scooting across the floor and wall. Like some sort of perverted sex Roomba. Like an, like an air hockey puck being frictionless with her own mucous membrane sliding hither and thither. Oh my God. Vertically. Slimer, just leaving, leaving <laughs> tiny little traces of pea juice everywhere. Yeah, and I think we had been on like another College Humor live tour with Streeter as we when we had already started the podcast. And, pe- and like on the tour, we're doing stuff like in Jake and Amir characters. And some of the people that had come out were like, didn't find it funny because we weren't doing stuff from the podcast. All right. Like how many people just know us from the videos? And that was the majority of it. Mm-hmm. Also, we did a, a quasi live show even before that at Comic Con. Do you remember that? Oh, that was, yes, with Pete Holmes. <laughs> yeah, it was like a panel. We did as episode 27. <laughs> we had never done a live show. Pete had never heard the show before. Yeah. And we had to do it in front of an audience that didn't necessarily know who we are because this was just Comic-Con. So it was just like a panel of two dudes and Pete Holmes, and now we're doing our podcast in front of them. Yeah. In retrospect, that was a bad time. <laughs> we, sh- we shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that was that was not our best. That was episode 27. Episode 27, damn. And then your mom was on an episode fairly early on, too. Yeah. Jake's mom with Laura Hurwitz at episode 32. I believe because the early episodes of our podcast were, like, really trying to figure out. Um, I was going through some shit, personally, you know? I was, like, a, 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 a dating monster, piece of shit type guy. That's back so when tr- the uh, mom turned down the podcast days. Yes, exactly. Now my my mom can always turn the podcast up, except when I talk about my sordid past. <laughs> I think a uh, testament to how long we've been doing it for, my mom doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. <laughs> That's fair. I think I'm down to like one or two friends that still listen to the show. Yeah, my, my brother and my sister, well, two of my siblings, at least two of my siblings still listen to the show. Shout out to Sarah and Micah. What up, oh, y'all? That's nice. I think my brother Ben still listens, but... Now that he's had his oh. own child, maybe he doesn't listen to every episode. 
This will be a well. I think his he he should have his daughter listen for sure. This is a really good test, actually. Let's just start naming friends of ours, and if they approach us and like, yeah, I heard your shout out, then we know they still listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's true. <laughs> okay, so Rami, if you're listening, text me uh, the following alphanumeric code. <laughs> it's like when you're trying to log in. Yeah. If he doesn't text you, you'll you'll be mad at him next time you see him, and yeah. he won't know why. Okay, how about this? I'm going to name some friends, and then I'll give them a week to listen to this, and then I'll go one by one up to them with a gun and say, what's the code? And if they say the code, their heart is true, and they can continue living. And if not, then I'll shoot them in the fucking throat. <laughs> you're, you're under arrest now, man. Oh, come on. It's just a goofy little game I'm playing to see which one of my friends still supports what's me. What's goofy which about shooting somebody in the neck, dude? <laughs> Uh, I wonder when Matt Damon started as a bit. I feel like that was pretty late in the game, wasn't it? But like, can't you imagine like Matt Damon when he eats a wrap, it doesn't spill at all? Yeah, I wonder what, like Google, what what does Matt Damon eat for lunch? Yeah, when you see Matt Damon eating a burrito, I don't see it getting everywhere. Because he probably doesn't overfill it. Uh, no, I think he just has a great bite and a lot of patience. Wait, what am I Googling? <laughs> what does Matt Damon eat for lunch? <laughs> He just, I don't know. There's Can a lot we start of start a Twitter campaign. Uh, we got our show, we got our pilot shot. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what Matt Damon eats for lunch. Is that crazy? Hashtag or bad? what does Damon eat for lunch? What uh it doesn't Actually we should have Matt in. <laughs> Mr. Damon. Whenever I think of a bit, I I imagine where we were when we came up with it. Yeah. Because we've recorded in so many places that it like acts as a memory palace. Like, right. I remember recording with Allison Williams. The first one was in her hotel room. So then we were still in New York. Wait, that was the first one in the hotel room? No, that's if. Oh wait, her hotel room. Her hotel room. Yeah. Wh- where was that? That was uh, at the the hotel with like circular windows, like the Maritime Hotel or something. Dude, that was my hotel. That was our hotel room. Uh, really? Both. The, so all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know the first time we recorded with Allison. I'm not sure where it was, but I think, I think it was at the rec room. That's right. And then the second time was at your hotel. We used to. Yeah. <laughs> that's another place that I forgot we recorded. So we recorded mostly in my apartment, sometimes in yours apart, your apartment. If it was at work, like for Ricky and Streeter guested episodes, we brought them to the office. Right. And then, and then we recorded in. And then I think. Uh, Brian Corber, shout out to Brian Corber and shout out to Adrian Grenier. <laughs> yeah, who ran Adrian Grenier's record company, which was in the basement of a house he sometimes lived at in Brooklyn. Yeah, so we went to Adrian Grenier's house. Never saw him there. <laughs> which was really fucking nice. He probably, he, yeah, no, he didn't want to be around for our podcast recording, but they had an amazing recording studio in the basement and... Uh, they recorded yeah, for us. And I, I remember being so happy. I didn't have to deal with echo because it was like, it was soundproofed and the, the microphones were like music grade quality, like recording label grade uh, microphones. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, I, I don't have to worry about any of this shit. I have like um, old Instagram photos of you in the rec room be- and calling it your happy place. I remember you really were, you were so happy in that, in that studio. It's funny because when we, made a head gum i'm like this is great now we can do we can pull off the adrian grenier dream of having a room that's a dedicated recording studio that's right but before we did that it was before we we had so i think in that summer that we started the podcast that was hot girl summer wasn't it hot girl summer 
That's a it's a meme that's going on. I guess it's over now, but this summer was supposedly Hot Girl Summer on Twitter. Interesting. I didn't know that, but that's cool to know. This was separate from Hot Girl Summer. This was podcasting right. random dude winter. This this was lame boy winter. <laughs> so you were in your apartment. I was in my apartment. I, I had like that the loft nearby. And then we found out we were moving. I moved out of the loft into the shrub. Remember the shrubberbs? Yeah, and we used to record there in the basement with Dave. Yeah, I moved into this weird little like house in like near Bushwick that had it's like a freestanding house that had a that was covered in vines and it had a creepy little basement. I lived with Dave Rosenberg and we recorded <laughs> We started recording in that basement because it was so dank and uh, that it sounded really good down there, right? Yeah, because it was like it or was fine. cold and humid and nothing echoed because it was just everything was softened. Mm-hmm. There was cockroaches all over the walls and they they uh, didn't deflect sound. And that was right before we moved because you moved right. there and you're like, shit, I have to move to L.A. like two months after that. Yeah, that was a weird little situation I put myself in. <laughs> um, wait, and then. Once we moved to L.A., we recorded at your parents' house? Yeah. Well, first we recorded in an RV or a a hotel room while we drove across the country. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Then when we got to L.A., we recorded at my parents' house, which was really embarrassing. I'm like, we should wait until my parents aren't home. I don't want them to just hear me record this radio show out of my my childhood bedroom. Yeah, especially given the shit that I would say on it. What if my mommy came in and said that dinner was ready? during the show and she would what if she just came in with bananas for us get out of here mom you're embarrassing me and i'm trying to <laughs> podcast which is embarrassing enough <laughs> and then we would still do jake and Mir videos in la while recording the podcast in la that's right yeah we were all this time we were still doing jake and amir it was very much like a cross dissolve like as jake and amir ramped down this would ramp up yeah and that we timed it very right i don't know if it was borderline accidental but like the fact that we started the podcast like two three years before we ended the show right and i think we also talked about headgum with marty like right when we started the podcast because it because he was the one that sold the like the reason we did the uh pete holmes podcast at comic-con is because he had sold something because he was a sales guy at college humor so yeah so like that was episode what 27 of the podcast and that was also when we first started talking about doing um a podcast network the three of us all right and it just took another two years yeah all right let's let's pause right here because i think uh the end of jake and amir the start of headgum is a good like second act um so let's thank some sponsors we'll be back with a continuation of this amazingly historic story you guys will be brought to tears in the second act and jeers this HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. 
Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Thank you to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of our show. Indeed. Indeed. Simply put, it's the easiest way to create a professional looking website. Couldn't agree more, bud. That's it. Yeah. That's the tweet. <laughs> um, no, they do have a lot more than that. It's uh, right. it's a, it's they have twenty four seven award winning customer support. They have very simple drag and drop technology. You can code, you can design mm-hmm. a professional looking website without knowing much about how the internet works. You can sell. You can launch and sell product from Squarespace. Yes. That's right. You can even purchase a domain name through Squarespace. For example, Jake, what can people purchase? Boneheader.com. Boneheader. It's like interesting. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you're a boneheaded person, but you're doing a boneheader of move. You know what I mean? What about fitnessnah.com? So it's sort of like a relaxation technique mm-hmm. slash way to say damn the man with regards yeah. to fitness. It's a movement about not going to the gym. Fitness it's nah. a it's an anti-movement, really. Oh, it's that's a non-movement good. That's movement. A, is anti-movement yeah. <laughs> one? Anti-movement. Uh, seems I'll like have it to be. check it out later. Actually, let me look right now. Anti-movement.com is not available. Don't yeah. buy that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. But so it's fitness more of a fitness <laughs> Yeah, it's more of a fitness <laughs> nah thing. Yeah. Uh, Squarespace AI also is a great way to kickstart or update written content on any website. They can generate instant personalized results. That know and show your brand identity. Pretty cool there too. Incredible. So the way to get in on this action and uh, launch your own website soon enough Mm -hmm. is to go to squarespace.com slash segments. Segments. And when you're ready to launch, you use that coupon code segments at checkout to save 10% off their already low, low prices. Beautiful. Again, Check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash segments to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Squarespace. And we're back. Uh, So when was it? 2015. Jake and Amir came to an end right around there. And Mm -hmm. we had the idea to... Uh, form a podcast network because we were actually on a podcast network in 2014 called Podcast One. Do you remember that? I do remember that. <laughs> we were we, have, we like did a round of meetings, yeah, well, including with Earwolf. In 2013, we were doing the show, and I was selling ads by cold emailing brands. Yeah, I, and uh, shout out to uh, Nature Box. Shout out to Frank and Oak. Yeah. To uh, Harry's Razors, was it? I don't remember the We others. didn't know what the hell to do, but I'm like, hey, I host this show. It was the number one comedy or whatever the day it came out, because that's how iTunes ranked people. Uh they just, you know, if your show debuted with more than like 5,000 listens, it would be the number one show in their comedy section. 
Uh, and uh, we were down to like advertise, and some people were like, yeah, how much do you charge? And I'm like, I don't know, a hundred, a ten thousand. How much do I charge for an ad read? We had no idea. We were making ten thousand an ad read back then. Yeah, God turns, times were good. Turns out it was closer to a hundred than ten thousand. But then we were like, we should join a network. That's what all these other big shows are doing. And so we took meetings, and I don't even remember where we took meetings other than podcast. We one. had we had that meeting with uh, Earwolf and Midroll in in uh, like Tribeca. Oh, no, in Soho. Yeah, in New York. And then we chose Podcast One because they introduced us to their CEO, who was like this lifelong Laker fan who had floor seats to every game. And was like, you know, if you join Podcast One, I can take you to some of these Laker games. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, 100% I'm in. Tr- the only reason we joined Podcast One is because you thought you were going to get floor tickets to one Laker game. And we signed That's a right. year-long contract with them. <laughs> Uh, a year goes by, and I never went to a Laker game. Of course. Turns out the contract wasn't great, and I realized, like, wait wait a minute. We could probably sell these ads ourselves. And that guy, the CEO of that company, like, got in trouble for uh, pointing a gun at people, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, but never, brand- at, never at me. Branding a, brandishing a gun. Well, yeah, but that, like, kind of goes into the uh, whole, you're going to shoot your friend in the throat <laughs> thing. Yeah, that is where I got the idea. So then we left, and we're like, let's just be independent. And then at a certain point, we thought, why don't we just start our own podcast network we have funny friends well yeah and that's the thing i think we had thought about doing the podcast network uh, at least a year or two before we before we actually acted on it because like we had talked about doing it but the timing was weird because you and i moved to la and marty was still in new york yeah and we were also at podcast one you can't start a podcast network if your podcast isn't on that network but i think when we were weighing where to sign like we considered like if we sign this we can't do headgum for a year and we're like well it doesn't really or, but i mean at that point we weren't calling it headgum yeah uh we were like but if we sign this we can't do anything for a year but we're like it doesn't matter we're in la marty's in new york we were still doing jake and amir so it didn't feel like that necessary and then 2015 comes around and we start headgum with just our show and nine others, including Twinovation, still a show on our network. High and Mighty, still a show on our network. Your mom's show, still a show on HeadGum. This is why you're single, still a show on HeadGum. Wow. So of the like nine or ten shows we started, four or five are still around. Solid. That's really not bad at all. Yeah, and we've you know grown to 30 shows at this point, but we'll always remember the core nine. That's actually That actually reminds me, we have to fire your mother. What? Yeah. Um, just numbers-wise, it doesn't make a ton of sense for her to stay on HeadGum. I mean, you get that. She gets, she gets ads. <laughs> she gets ads. <laughs> she owns 14% of HeadGum. That's how we had to bribe her to start her show. <laughs> yeah, so you can't kick her off. She's going to kick you off. Yeah. I mean, episode 100 was a classic. The That's when Ben and Thomas were on together. Oh, damn. Do you I remember that. Two or, veterans. You yeah. have the two veterans <laughs> in here for number cool. 100. But Eddies. this is one of our first shows with four guests, too. So that'll be a terrible idea, maybe, too. We so. might get to zero questions. Thomas, uh, one of the bits I did for my old one is we never got to questions. I, I always ask to wait one more second. Oh, <laughs> So oh. if we can continue that bit on this one without just, like... Maybe I like the question. Thomas has a lot of fun. <laughs> oh well, then this is going to be it's, a weird. We'll it see what already happens begins when we get to a are question. My favorite part, <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I just like talking. I don't like listening to anybody's questions. Oh, but I want to help the little boys and girls. <laughs> 
we record was that in the in the house on Mickle Terrena? That's right. That was pre headgum in the the studio that we sort of set up at the solarium of this house because Which it was, was a glass room. Yeah, the, I, but I guess we when we shut all the shades, it worked, right? <laughs> or we just had to record at night. Oh yeah, but I mean sound wise, because normally a glass box would not be a good place. Yes, that's true. Then we moved houses, recorded some at that house. Remember, Lil Dicky came over to that house and we recorded with George Basil. That was the one where I lived in the little cabin in the back? Yeah, exactly. Didn't we? And we recorded in the cabin often, right? That's right. Because much and like the, the basement at the Shrubberbs, it was a dank little outhouse. It's funny how studios basically just need to be sad rooms for them to sound good. Yeah, the like sadder not, the room, the better the studio. Padding on the walls, insulation, that's one thing. But if you can feel the sadness in the air, it really helps. Yeah, it diffuses the audio, the echoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we finally, when we started HeadGum, we're like, let's all move in together and get like a four bedroom instead of a three and build a studio in like the den or the fourth bedroom. Yeah. And that, I think that in like, now that I look back on it, that really was like our cool ass Zuckerberg type thing that we, like we got such a silly house. Yeah, we, we, that was our hot Zuckerberg summer. We got a house that we couldn't afford to live in because we would like pay some of the rent with headgum money. Right. Or it's like, it's an office slash house. So we can afford this mansion. We basically got a four. We got a yeah. We got a like a a huge a huge house and just split the rent four ways between three people because Headgum was considered <laughs> that since a one room is theirs, Headgum pays. And it was tax wise, that's fine. <laughs> it was fully furnished because the lady that used to live there didn't want to move any of the furniture out. We brought like an arcade machine in there just to complete the idea that this was like a Silicon Valley hellhole. Yeah, and that just just to show you how much how big that place was when we moved out. I believe the owner was just like, "I'll just sell it for three million dollars," <laughs> and she sold it in three days. <laughs> yeah, so we were living in a place uh, and throwing parties at a place that ended up selling for more money than we'll ever make in our entire lives. Awesome! Remember we had that party in the bathroom flooded. Yeah, why did someone clogged my toilet in? <laughs> Because that was also, when we were looking for houses, that that was the beginning of the Raven's Nest bit and the beginning of the master and the ensuite yes. uh, bit. Because when we, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. we were house hunting, we were like, oh, we were so hell-bent on getting the master and deserving the master. And then, uh, and then at a certain point, people were just coming over to record at our house that we didn't necessarily know when they were coming because we didn't have like a producer yet. We didn't have super producer Mars. So it was just like, yeah, yeah whenever you want to record, it's like, all right, Sunday at fucking 9 a.m. And we're like, huh, that's not ideal. That, that, that started making it, that was like when the beginning of the dream was over. Because when you start a network and it's just your, your buddies, it's always fun. Yeah. And then you like pick up more shows that are just like, I mean... Let's be clear. Everyone on Headgum is a close personal friend of mine. Absolutely. But like you don't you don't know everybody quite as well. And then you're like, I'm hungover and I just want to watch football all day. But then the doorbell's ringing and somebody's like, well, no, you have to host podcasters because it's also it's the host and their guests. And sometimes the guests get there before the host. <laughs> and then you're just sitting there making small talk with somebody. But you you just want to you just want to have your sunday you know yeah so we're like maybe we should get an office at a certain point and go our separate ways and then hunting for the office was super fun too we saw so many places we were looking in downtown uh in the arts district just regular straight up downtown 
I think we look, we're looking at like Hollywood a bunch too. I will say we nailed it because we've been in this office for like almost three years now and we have no notes. Yeah. Do you remember? We like had a guy and we looked at so many places. Wasn't one of the places like on the other side of the river that was adjacent, like we were sharing a space with a dog grooming a studio yeah, or something? Yeah, it was a place... It was and it was almost a place that we went with because it was like so much so much space with like a backyard but it was it was on the other side of the highway so you couldn't actually like walk to any of the cool stuff in the arts district. Yeah. Um and then it was also uh it was a dog grooming place and they were trying to evict the guy that was there. <laughs> um but and when we were when we were there we were seeing it and he was like super suspicious. Um and and the realtor was like, no, they're like going to get the space next door, but they want I want to show them this so they can uh, see what they can do uh, <laughs> with the space. And we're like, I'm so sorry, man. I'm taking over your studio. Yeah. We're like walking around being like, oh, yeah, this is nice. We could do that next door. But we were fully just going to take that guy's spot. <laughs> Two dogs there getting groomed. Give us like the head tilt. What are you guys doing here? <laughs> you can leave the dogs. <laughs> do you want to talk about like, the future what's what are the next 400 episodes like i mean there are things that we've introduced slowly but surely like the unsolicited advice yeah um, we keep ta- we keep having grandiose visions like um creating segments so like unsolicited advice was born from that I'm like oh that was great we should do more and then we never did more yeah i mean there maybe there's like a like some kind of uh throwback 15 minutes you know the throwback 15 15 with the th yeah the follow-up pup something that we do occasionally but not really with any regularity that we can call a segment yeah but i, I kind of like the idea of i mean well maybe maybe get repetitive but it's fun to be nostalgic like i mean that's like what the patreon is a little bit mm-hmm. us getting to talk about like the stuff that we've made in the past Shout out to our Patreon. Yeah, maybe there should be something that's more like future-centric on it. What about the first segment idea will be us soliciting segment ideas, whether it be on Twitter or uh, on our subreddit. Every time we release a new podcast, there's like a a sticky post at the top. Leave a comment. Let us know what segment ideas. Just like a a fun five-minute conversation leaping off point could be. I like, yeah, I like that. Like an icebreaker, a a game to play. Yeah, a mini podcast within the podcast. Um, you know what? I also just realized that the the initial concept of this show, I've said this before, but it was based to me off of Car Talk because uh, Click and Clack uh, from Car Talk, it's like they they know a lot about cars, but like the premise of the show, you don't have to know a lot about cars also because it's just their the way they communicate with each other and the way they interact with their callers. Like that's what the fun of the show is. It, they, I would listen to them uh, do anything. Right. It's, it's it's not necessarily about cars. So I was like, what is something that just makes Amir and I talk? Anyway, that show, uh, they had a segment uh, it just, just at past the midway point of their show, uh, which was the puzzler. Every week they would read a uh like a quiz a puzzle a riddle basically uh and tell anyone if they knew how to if they knew the answer to write them a postcard and they would reveal the winner on the next next week's show they would come up with a riddle or is it like a famous riddle they would i believe they would come up with the riddles and they would have riddles submitted and 
uh, one of the guys was like a puzzle guy. So like sometimes the riddles would be submitted and he would be like, but I, I like it was, it wasn't perfect. I fixed it. And so he would like edit them too. Yeah. Or like he was a, sort of a, a puzzle curator. <laughs> this is like how we wish we came up with Hey Riddle Riddle, which is another podcast on the HeadGum Network. Right. In exactly. which three funny hosts actually solve riddles. Oh, you know what? This section, a new segment could basically be podcast pilots. So every single, uh, every episode, we we just spend 10 minutes piloting a brand new podcast. Uh, that's good. Or stealing another podcast uh, show. Because right, because it would still be the first ever done by us. That's right. So we'll we'll steal the riddle one, but only for ten minutes. So by the time they get mad, that podcast is over. Yeah, and and we also say the name Hey, hey Riddle Riddle as we as we've stolen uh, their idea. So yeah, it's almost so like, like if that it's sound, an ad. If, the, if ten minutes of yeah, it's a ten, sorry sorry we recorded an ad. As long That's as we good. shout out who we stole from, yeah, it's just an ad, and so then we can this, invoice them. That's a good segment. So the segment is podcast we wish we hosted, and then we host that show for about 10 minutes. Interesting. That's good. But I think we should also come up with original. We can steal and come up with original, okay? Thievery and Brevery. Is the name of our new podcast. Why, there's nothing more brave than creating a podcast. I'm the briefest of all. <laughs> all right, how about a segment called Cousins? Okay. I don't know. Where does that take you? Well, we don't have to figure it out. Oh, actually, I would totally be interested to look at your family tree. You know? <laughs> a genealogy segment of sorts. Yeah, a little family history. We find out what your great-great-grandfather did as a hobby. Yeah, I, I would have to figure that out first. I know, but that's one of those things that's like interesting uh, for you. You should do that. And then I'd love to hear. Uh, what about, you know, like sometimes, or maybe it was just once, but I created a musical what you like asked me about this fake musical that I was producing? Oh yeah, that's right. The um, the house, the garage, the Pixar movie. The moon's like in your sky, in your eye, and I'm the tree, and I'm the guy, and in your eye, it's a tree, it's a me. <laughs> the moon is also the tree. <laughs> no, it sounded like the moon was the bad guy in that song. <laughs> the clicker's the bad guy. I, who plays the clicker? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's the dream casting role, and then there's the person who we're probably going to settle for. Let's hear both. James Earl Jones. Yep, and you settle for? My cousin. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you you almost have to ask me questions like I'm pitching you a movie. Mm -hmm. That's See, this is, this is all rolls up into podcast pitch, podcast yeah. pilot. Yeah, podcast. The 10-minute end of our show where we just try out, like, all right, that was If I Were You. That was pretty good. Now here is... Another show that we could do. Let us know if you guys like it better. And this is just an example of one segment or a bunch of segments that we can do. This is the segment that is constantly changing because it's it's always the same, but it's always different. Podcast pilot, two truths and a lie. You know, <laughs> then we play. That's good. All right. Podcast cool. pilot, what should I drive? Oh, that's and we talk good. about me, uh, my um, leasing a car, which I still haven't done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, how about I give an update on my uh, garbage disposal situation? Oh, yeah. Tell us, please. So as many of you know, if you listened to the last episode, there was a quarter stuck at the bottom of my garbage disposal that prevented the blades from spinning and effectively ruined the garbage disposal. Correct. Oh, it's ruined? 
Well, not ruined, but it was stuck to the point where I couldn't use it anymore. Right. It was in ruin. That's right. So I went, like I said I was going to do, I went to Baller Hardware, and they gave me two tools. The guy looked at it, and he's like, this is what you want to do. Try this Allen wrench, which is that little S-shaped wrench where you stick it into a hole at the bottom of the garbage disposal from like a cupboard underneath your sink and rotate mm-hmm. the blades as hard as you can in the opposite direction, hoping that, hoping that the, the coin would be jarred loose. And if that doesn't work, here's this other tool called the like the garbage disposal unclogger, which looks like just this thick wine bottle opener, a corker, that you jam inside your garbage disposal and just fucking jackhammer until something breaks or jars loose. Jesus. I was very, I was very skeptical about that second one. Uh, fortunately, tried the first one, used the Allen wrench, rotated it, blades moved in the opposite direction, coin came out picked it up with scissors, cleaned it off, sent you a photo, posted it online. So I didn't have to use the garbage disposal. Easy peasy, worked right away, nothing, like no hit. At first I didn't know which direction was clockwise versus counterclockwise, so I tried really hard in one direction. That didn't work. I tried really hard in the other. I'm like, huh, should I just try extra hard and hope to God that I'm not like smushing the coin or breaking the blade? And then I did that in the counterclockwise direction and eventually like loosened up, rotated the blades, removed the removed the coin with its scissors. <laughs> Perfect. Home Improvement Show. That's another segment. Oh, yes. We should definitely do that. Did, I, wait, did we talk about this when you were talking about your yeah your garbage disposal? I would. Yeah. I just want to reboot this old house and have it be me and you. Right, because we don't actually know how shit works. Like, what if we had to build a wall from scratch? Yeah. It's, it's a good... It's no. a good premise for us. Well, I don't know how you grew up, but, like, my parents were often like, don't do it yourself, hire somebody smarter and more professional to do it. Like, you can't install that. You shouldn't do it because you don't know how. Don't learn, just hire a professional. See, that's different than I, I mean, I grew up, I'm I'm in the same position as you are that like, I'm, I, I'm inept. Um, but it's not because my parents were like, hire somebody. It was just because my my dad was just like, I'll do it. I'll just move. I'll do it. Yeah. Both our parents didn't want us to learn shit the hard way. Yeah. I think my parents didn't have time to teach anyone anything because there were six of us and they just needed to keep us alive. Yeah. It's not like here, uh, this weekend, I'm going to teach Amir how to change a tire. It's like, I right. signed you up for AAA. Now go take a tennis lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, like, especially now with the gig economy, it, like, it is kind of true that you can just, it's almost, it's, I think it's still really valuable to know all this stuff and, and one should, and I'm slowly learning as I become a homeowner and stuff, but it's also worth like just teaching somebody how to like be smart when it comes to like hiring the right person and price comparing and asking the right questions. Cause th- those are adult things too. Yeah. It's like, why, why learn how to cook when I can click a button and have pad CU delivered to me for $11? Yeah. And, and it's worth uh, instilling in your children uh, the idea that sometimes the delivery fee plus the tip plus the baked in service charges <laughs> make the $11 pad tie $24. And at that point, it really is worth it to go make a bunch of pad tie. Yeah. But then you make the pad tie and it takes six and a half hours and there's grease all over But you your make kitchen. enough for the whole week. <laughs> all right. I'll make the fucking pad tie. Jesus Christ. 
just never tastes that good. That reminds me we should do a cooking show. Yeah. It's like, uh, how much money do you spend on a fancy smoothie or a soluble that you can make for 98 cents at home? I just made, I went through this exact same thing. I just made an soluble for, for lunch here. Yeah. And then how does it taste versus the one you can get for $14 at Backyard Bowls? Well, I mean, Backyard Bowls is the goat. That I would, I would do that in a heartbeat if <laughs> Backyard Bowls were in New York City. There is not a good acai place in brooklyn they don't fucking exist i wonder why that is i i mean i would kill i want to franchise backyard bowls and open one at the bottom of my building that's my fucking also dream. like you look at the you look at the ingredients of backyard bowls and it seems pretty easy it's like fruit and peanut butter how do how can we not make that it's, shit i don't know it's crazy like the ba- backyard bowls makes the perfect blend of everything <laughs> and everywhere else every other acai and smoothie place i go to i'm just trying to create the the backyard bowl that's what i'm trying to do <laughs> in a perfect world they're all backyard bowls yeah can you take this out add this there's i don't need that i don't need that but actually this instead of this can i just pull up the menu of a place called backyard you're in hawaii there's this place in hollywood <laughs> <this>. it's perfect <laughs> all right so that's a, a bunch of options for you guys just to get you started indeed yeah feel free to send us so send us your your theme songs your questions and now your segment pitches. Keep your segments coming. Uh, all right, that's it. Enough enough dwelling in the past, thinking about the future. Uh, that was episode 400 of If I Were You, the only advice podcast on the internet, hosted by us. I'm Jake. And I was Amir. Um, <laughs> yeah, send your questions, your theme songs, everything to if I were you show at gmail.com. We'll be back, of course, next week, and then the week after, and the week after, and so on and so forth until we're all dead yes bye everybody we feel like i feel like a lot of people will listen to the first podcast and then it'll slowly dwindle and then plateau at the amount of people that will actually be listening to the podcast right until it's zero and we're just killing ourselves in a starbucks (laughs) (laughs) and that's that'll be our last episode all right remember to write in if i were you show at gmail.com that's right all right play us out if i were you if i were you if i were you the show yeah, what, what, what happened there? <laughs> dot com. Oh, we do have a website. If I were you show dot com. That's perfect. The show dot com. See you, everyone. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>